Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, this is Dan Lobby. Before we get started here on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, let me tell you about Football Insider, our text subscriber service where me, Mary Kay Cabot, Scott Patsko, Alice Williams will text you with the latest on the Browns news, analysis, what we're thinking, and more. You can text us back and we respond directly to you cutting through the clutter of social media. You also get opportunities to get involved in this podcast and participate in roundtables and other events for our subscribers. It's like a little club and you want to get involved with this club. You even get a newsletter every day. It's got exclusive content you either won't see on cleveland.com or you'll see before anyone else. You know what though? Don't let me tell you about it. How about if you hear from some of our subscribers as to why they love Football Insider? I I don't know why any Browns fan would not want to have this. It's great. There's something every day. I mean, it's really, really keeps me in touch with the the Browns. The daily newsletter that y'all put out there, I, I really like that. It's got a lot of links, a lot of different read-ups. I, I mean, just, you know, you get a lot of content. That's why I like it. If I'm at work or something, I need a quick break, I can hit that up and say, oh, and in a minute I can read uh, what you wrote and, uh, you know, see maybe that there's further information in, you know, one of your other articles or something like that. I get excited when I see, you know, my little text messages pop up. <laughs> so if you want to join us, you can start a 14-day free trial by going to cleveland.com slash browns and clicking on the box on the right side of the page. It's $3.99 per month after the trial. Or even easier, since it is a tech service, pick up your phone and text 216-208-3965 to get signed up. Again, to start your 14-day free trial, text 216-208-3965. Welcome to our Friday post-game edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, a victory Friday here on the podcast. Browns 35 to 30 winners over the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, And Ellis, obviously you and I, very vested interest in that last Bengals touchdown. Unfortunately, it means that we'll have to take a loss in our our picks pod. But uh, we'll we'll get to that next week. Uh, The Browns winners tonight. And I figured let's let's hand out some game balls because it's a win. There's plenty to hand out. There were plenty of great performances. So let's just go around the horn here and hand out game balls. Mary Kay, give us your first one. Oh, my gosh. There are so many. But, you know, I think I'm going to start with Miles Garrett. Uh, You know, that was just such a a key moment in the game for him to come up with that strip sack. My goodness, what a turning point right there. I mean, Joe Burrow was never say die in this game. Anything can happen. And that proved to be kind of – you know, maybe the difference in the game, actually. So uh, I think that was absolutely huge uh, to go 
come from, you know, just being denied on that goal line stand and, and then to come back and, and get that ball back and score that touchdown there. I just thought that was enormous. So I'm going Miles Garrett. And, and I thought it was particularly important because last week we saw when the Browns were backed up, they punted, they, they backed up the Ravens to the one yard line and they gave up a 99 yard drive. But Kevin Stefanski goes out there. He trusts his defense. He goes for it on fourth down. They don't get in. And the defense responds this time. And I think that's really important to see them bounce back after what happened last week in a similar situation to not only see Stefanski put that trust in them, but also to see them respond by making a big play. Yeah, and I love what Mary Kay said there about it being a, a pivotal game-changing moment. It really was um, a one-score game uh, before Miles Garrett's strip sack, I believe. Uh, and then they're able to punch it on the one-yard line there with Nick Chubb. And I, I believe the drive before that, they go uh, uh, turn it over on downs, right, uh, near the goal line. Was that the was that the goal line stand that, right. that they failed on? So yep. um, just, a, you know, when momentum – I think there was a tweet out there somewhere, you know, Brown's red zone offense still, you know, showing signs from last year or whatever it was. Miles um, Garrett shut that up with that play. And then the Browns are able to convert on the one yard line there. Uh, this game, I, I said it going into it, Miles um, Garrett and the defensive line as a whole, uh, we'll, we'll probably get into their rush defense later, but the, the pass rush had a real opportunity to swing the game like this. Uh, the Bengals have the worst offensive line in football, probably. You can mark them right now in the draft for their first round, third round, and fifth round picks to be offensive linemen probably with how great Joe Burrow looked tonight throwing it 61 times and their uh, offensive playmakers. Um, and it's going to be fun to look back at that play. I think uh, Joe Woods did something creative with Miles Garrett there. He came maybe on a loop through like the three gap and uh, coming over from the guard area. Um, so just a really impressive play by Miles. He needed to take advantage of this week offensive line. He did so, and those plays swing games. You don't know when they're going to happen. It, it's, it's things Vegas can't predict, turnovers, and Miles Garrett uh, looked like the all-pro that he is on that strip sack there. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw my game ball out here because I think we'll probably move to the other side of the ball here soon enough, but I also want to give a shout-out to Sheldon Richardson. Uh, he was all over the place tonight. He was in the backfield. He was losing his helmet. Uh, Sheldon Richardson – Ever since he signed here, really, last offseason, has just been one of the hardest workers on that defensive line. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm watching Pittsburgh the other night on, on Monday Night Football, and they've got guys crawling on the ground and doing everything they can to get to the quarterback. And tonight, I think the Browns' defensive line, really led by Sheldon Richardson, kind of embodied that. There was so much effort there. I mean, everywhere you looked, it was Sheldon. At one point, you know, he basically sat Joe Burrow down. So, uh I thought Sheldon was, was great tonight and certainly deserves some recognition. Yeah, you know what? Uh, you're right about that. And I think it also, I mean, when you look across the board, think about how Adrian Claiborne got started yeah. too. I mean, Adrian was like shot out of a cannon on that first drive. So it was a, a dominant defensive line performance. Now, again, let's not put them in the Super Bowl yet. As Ellis <laughs> mentioned, this is one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL. But, I mean, this is the kind of dominant – performance that you expect from this defensive line no matter who they're going up against so it'll be a confidence booster for them to know that they did this I mean they'll forget that it, you know that this wasn't maybe uh, the, the premier offensive line that I think they're just going to say look what we're capable of doing and try to go out and do it some more yeah Sheldon's a, a true pro that first quarter sack you can tell Joe Burrow 
had no idea Sheldon Richardson was coming for him. Um, he covered so much ground on that play coming from the defensive tackle position. Burrow thought he had a smooth transition to the right side, and Sheldon came out of nowhere and really one hand and then two hand throw to the ground there, um, letting the rookie say, well, you know, welcome to Cleveland there. It, it, you know, Sheldon may not, and probably none of these players miss us in the locker room, but Sheldon is one guy I, I miss, you know, where his locker was, and he always would just post up and have something to say, and it'd be interesting to hear what he would have to say, um, you know, at practice a few days after this one, we won't get that opportunity. Um, but Sheldon looked great. And Mary Kay, like you said, don't, we, no one should celebrate too much with this. Like you said, that it's the worst offensive line in football possibly, but if the defense has any strength, it is up front and they showed that tonight. All right, Ellis, give us your game ball. Yeah, for me, it, again, you, you, you can, throw this a few ways but I'm going to go with the rookie Jedrick Wills um, we'll go back and look at the tape and, and, and see specifically how he did it's always hard with offensive line play but uh, Baker was relatively clean tonight so he gets credit for that and then he really popped and I wrote about it uh, in the run game today one play specifically uh, Kevin Stefanski and uh, the, the, the vet the OG Bill Callahan drew up a play where uh, Cream Hunt ran right but it was actually a pulling Jedrick Wills coming from left tackle uh, through about the right guard, probably, you know, three gap area uh, and just leading the way for Kareem Hunt. He really didn't touch anyone. He didn't need to, but just that big body and his, how athletically he can get through the hole uh, clears gaps uh, for a guy like Kareem Hunt or Nick Chubb, as I'm sure we're going to get to. They were uh, probably career rushing nights. I, I don't have those uh, historic stats in front of me, but Jedrick Wills looked great tonight. The type of pick you want at number 10 and if the pass pro comes late, one thing he's going to be able to do and he proved tonight is run block in the NFL. And that play showed it. And the final stat lines for both Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb showed it as well. Yeah, Mary Kay. I mean, Jedrick has been a win for sure so far in these first two games. Uh, there was some concern about him. What we saw in camp was a little concerning, but no concerns here after the first two games. He's been really good. That's true. And, you know, that's great for him to be able to do that on the very little practice that he had with the rest of his guys and the rest of his coaches and for him to come out and have two solid outings like that and show some flashes of brilliance. Uh, it's, it's really remarkable considering everything that, that he didn't have to get to this point. All right, Mary Kay, what's, uh, who's getting your next game ball? Um, I'm going to go a little off the reservation here and I'm going to go with Chris Hubbard, you know, Chris Hubbard. Okay. Uh, came in and yeah, I mean, he came in, and, uh, and he had to replace Jack Conklin in this game. Not only that, he was coming off of an ankle injury of his own. He hasn't practiced at all in a, in a couple of weeks. Uh, so for him to step in, start this game for Jack Conklin, keep Baker Mayfield clean, block for those guys the way that he did, and, and these guys you know, not miss a beat and, and crumble under the weight of not having their starting right tackle, I, th I thought that was pretty remarkable. Yeah, it was uh, a great effort by, by Hubbard. I'll tell you what, though, I'm going to just move on to my game ball here because, come on, we're seven, eight minutes into this pod, and we have not really mentioned the names. Uh, Ellis, you did say them, but I'm just going to give it to the whole rushing backfield. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, Andy Janovich, you guys all together, you get to share one game ball. You can trade it off week to week, uh, but i, I, I got to give it to all – to both of those guys, plus Andy Janovich, who got a shout-out, of course, from Kevin Stefanski, who loves his fullbacks. But 200 rushing yards 
There was an outside chance at one point before the Bengals converted a fourth down. They could have had 200-yard rushers. Kareem Hunt was that close. Uh, he had 86 yards. Uh, Nick Chubb, 124, just barreling over people. This is the backfield that we all envisioned, right? This is what we thought these two guys could do together. And tonight, we really got to see it in, in all of its running glory. For everybody that loves that old-school running football, the, the Biner Mac stuff, uh, we got to see it tonight. Yeah, it, it was pretty tremendous. This is exactly what you would expect from this Kevin Stefanski offense. This is what we have been talking about all offseason long. Play action, boots, rollouts, and then uh, just getting it cranked up with Nick and Kareem. And that's exactly what happened. And I, Baker had some kind of a comment about, you know, if we, if we continue to improve, this is going to be really fun. And, and you have to agree with him when you see an effort like tonight and then how it does open up those one-on-one -on -one shots that you can take downfield uh, to Odell Beckham Jr. And you can take shots to, you know, Austin Hooper and, and guys like that. So uh, the running game was pretty incredible. Mm -hmm. Th those two guys are, they're just amazing. And, and they push each other, uh, Kareem and Nick do. And, and they for sure did that tonight. Yeah, talk about some old school journalism. All three of us buried the lead on this podcast. <laughs> Wait until, like Dad said, eight minutes in to talk about the running back or give the give some game balls out to the running back. <laughs> we all knew. Of we course, all knew it was coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Of course, this backfield deserved it. Uh, Mary Kay said most of it there. I'll add um, Kareem Hunt, 8.6 yards per carry. That's just ridiculous. Uh, if I did my math right, 44 of those yards came on the Browns' final drive, the last meaningful drive of the game. Um, when he capped it on an 11-yard run, of course, he had that long 33-yard run in relief for Nick Chubb there. But it, whether it's in a relief role or a, a focal role, it doesn't matter for Kareem Hunt. He makes the most out of every carry he gets, whether it was today or in Baltimore. He runs so dang hard. It is, it's impressive. I mean, Nick Chubb doesn't go down either, but when, when Kareem runs, he's hitting you. They, they both are just bruising backs who also have the quickness, the agility, the, the ability to find holes and the vision. Um, it's just, it was so impressive to watch them today. Uh, Kareem Hunt also having a receiving touchdown, taking advantage of a little busted coverage there from Cincinnati. It looked like their end was probably supposed to at least follow, if not chip Kareem Hunt a little more. And he had and probably. And that's actually what Kareem said he thought was going to happen. And then he okay. was wide open. Yeah, probably one of the easier touchdowns of his career. And he, he scored a lot of them, you know, one too long ago, he was in Kansas City. Um, having the riches of Andy Reid there. But looks like he's fallen into great graces here in Cleveland. And it just was fun to watch Kareem uh, interact with the, the, the small crowd here. Uh, being a local guy, you, you could feel the, the energy and just how appreciative he must have been to just be in that end zone and to have these fans here. Um, Kareem Hunt really put a bow on it with that score and watching both those guys run. And, of course, Janovich, can't forget to mention the fullback. I show the fullback some love, a reception, and all that. Uh, this is the Browns we expected and what the rest of the NFL should be ready for. All right, Ellis, give us a game ball. Yeah, let's, look, we got to throw one to Odell Beckham Jr. You know, it, it wasn't a 100-yard game, and more than half of his receiving yards came on that one catch of 43-yard score. But the double move was beautiful. Uh, he beat, I believe it was William Jackson on the outside there on a, a out and up. Um, he's the best, one of the best top 10, 15, whatever uh, in the world at route running when he gets one-on-one -on -one coverage like that. He gets in and out of his breaks. And, you know, I thought he could have ran under the ball and just walked into the end zone, but 
when you haven't been in the end zone as long as Odell has, you guarantee a catch by falling into that one. And then they had to go into review and whether he was touched or not, it's a Beckham touchdown. And it's a complete game for the Browns offense because Beckham's able to get into the end zone. And it, it shows at its peak what this offense can be when you have the, a big play ability and connection from Baker to Odo Beckham Jr. We're also burying the lead on poor Baker. I mean, my goodness, <laughs> Baker Mayfield had a horrible game in, uh, in Baltimore in the opener. And he took a lot of heat. He took a lot of criticism. One of the things that I felt he didn't do enough of in that game was enough of the play action, enough of the boots and things like that. And I think that's where he gets his confidence. And they started out with that. They got him warmed up. Talk about getting involved early like Odell needs to. I think Baker needs to get hot, get confident early. And he did that right away, right off the bat. Uh, they were rolling him out uh, and, and he was play faking it left and right. And he just went right down on that uh, very first opening drive and he was four for four on the opening drive for 55 yards, a 118 rating on that first drive. Uh, Nick Chubb then finishes off, punches it in. But by that time, Baker Mayfield had his swagger back. He had his confidence back. Uh, and, and you could just tell that, you know, he just had that resolve. And he knew that if they continued on with that type of strategy and game plan, that he was, he was going to be on. Now, he threw an interception for the eighth straight game. And he's got to be careful about that. You can't be doing that. Um, so those are things he's got to get cleaned up. But it was a good comeback by him. And, and Baker is a guy, and I think it showed today, who is a rhythm and timing quarterback. That's really what I think we've learned about him going back to 2018 when he was at his best. And early in this game, that's what it was. It was that rhythm. It was that timing, getting out of the pocket. Uh, he, he wasn't bailing on clean pockets, mostly because he was, he was operating on a lot of design rollouts, a lot of play action. There was just a lot of timing to that offense early on, and it really got him going. Um, and then, look, it, he kind of got back into some bad habits, I think, in the second half. Mary Kay, you mentioned the interception. But to get this out of Baker, especially after what happened on Sunday in Baltimore, is really, really important. And now you get 10 days to just feel really good about things. Yeah, yeah. and that, that, that's exactly what Baker needs to look like starting the game. Mary Kay, you're exactly right about that. And if anything, it says a lot about um, a young team, though, you know, despite some of the skill position spots not being all that young, it, it's a team that is new. They're not accustomed to winning together. And it would make sense that they need to start fast. And that's exactly what Baker Mayfield was able to do tonight largely in part because of the situation Kevin Stefanski puts them in with his play calling in the way he's scripting these plays early. But if they aren't able to get into rhythm and flow like that, these games are going to be tougher as the defense likely is not going to give this team much of a opportunity to hold a lead. Um, they're going to have to score a lot of points this year and they're going to have to start fast each week for them to have a chance. All right, we're going to take a break, and then we'll give out a couple more game balls and call it a wrap here on our post-game podcast. Mm -hmm. Back on the Orange and Brown Talk podcast, we're going to give out one more really big, gigantic game ball to someone who deserves it and got his first win. Mary Kay, who are we giving it to? Kevin Stefanski. You know, he called a really good game. I, I think all of us kind of agree that uh, we thought they got away from some of their bread and butter things in Baltimore, even uh, when, you know, when you fall behind the way that you do, 
of course, it's not easy to try to, you know, stick with the run and stick with play action and all those kinds of things. But I felt like they veered away from some of that stuff a little too soon. Uh, in this game, not only did he start out that way to get Baker into a rhythm, uh, but then he was also super aggressive in the third quarter. I mean, just going for it on, on fourth down there and, uh, you know, not, not getting frustrated that they were having a hard time punching it in, not giving up and, uh, you know, just counting on them uh, to get the job done and, and hanging in there even when things got tense. I mean, you know, he, he made the right calls and got his team ready to play in a very short week, obviously, got them ready to bounce back from a beating, I mean, a drubbing that could have just taken the wind out of their sails. So he had to get them ready. He did all that, and he did it with a team that was beat up with a lot of injuries. There's, there's so much that I like about what I've seen. I mean, I'm, I'm loving watching this offense, and tonight was a, a great night. I mean, you see all these different looks. You see all these different personnel packages. Uh, you know, in Baltimore, we were seeing them go with like 13 personnel and empty out the backfield. We didn't see that today, but again, we saw a lot of those different, he's, he's just doing different things and, and it's really interesting to watch. And to me, I'll just point to three, three things that give me a lot of hope with Kevin Stefanski. One in Baltimore, when they got David Njoku wide open for that touchdown. Tonight, when they got Kareem Hunt wide open for the touchdown. And then on that fourth and two play, I believe it was, when they ran a little pick play for Jarvis Landry that they got away with. And look, if you can get away with it, do it. Uh, and and that, those are things we haven't seen Browns play callers and coaches do. where They're just, they're running things and guys are actually getting schemed open. It's not just, you know, the quarterback has to do everything or the receivers have to do everything. Ellis, we're really seeing the scheme get guys open. And that's a testament to what Kevin Stefanski is trying to do. Yeah, he has what I call got to have him plays. Just in a moment when there's no choice other than converting, he has got to have him plays. Now, the easy rebuttal there is, well, they didn't get the fourth and down and one from the one play. First of all, that wasn't a got to have it play because all he did was trust that Nick Chubb would run right behind guard and tackle and, and score. And though he didn't, I have absolutely no issue with both him going for it there and the play call, um, when some directional running stats come out, I bet we're going to see Cream Hunt and Nick Chubb both have over, you know, seven, eight, nine yards per carry averages when running right against Cincinnati today. Uh, in a perfect series or sequence, uh, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. just connect on that red zone touchdown that they called on third down, I believe. That looked a lot like last year. I, you know, despite the game balls going to Baker and Odell, I would like to see them hit that play, but Kevin Stefanski, like you said, Mary Kay, called a great play. Dan, you're so accurate about him. The Browns finally being able to scheme guys open. And this is the offense that we expected from Cleveland. And in moments, Kevin Stefanski is going to be able to convert those big plays. And that's got to be a re reassuring sign for Browns fans going forward. And, and Mary Kay, they needed this because there was no preseason, right? So to go against a Bengals defense, it isn't very good that you're kind of able to just do what you want to do. You don't necessarily have to make a ton of adjustments. You can just go out there and impose your will. I think it was really important. You know, I, I mean, there'll, there'll come a time when we might look back and say, well, yeah, that, that performance against the, against the Bengals, it was because of that defense. But you needed this because Baltimore just smothered you and you needed some room to breathe and let this offense breathe. And now you have a good feel for kind of what you can do. And you got some film you can go look at over the next week and a half and say, this is the stuff we really want to focus on and try to do. 
Yeah, I mean, just with, with all of the game balls that we're giving out here, you can see that there's a lot of guys going home feeling good about their performance tonight. And, you know, there's a lot, like a lot of people were fed tonight and they're going home, you know, fat and full because uh, they did what they wanted to do. This is what they've worked so hard for. And not only that, they've got 10 days, you know, they've got a little mini buy. They've got 10 days to kind of think about this. They've also got 10 days to heal up and get healthy for their next round of games. And I think that's going to be very, very important to start to get some of these guys back because they are not always going to be playing a team that has some of the deficiencies that the Bengals had, okay? Their defense was without Geno Atkins, without Mike Daniels. You know, the, the Washington Redskins, that's going to be a better defense that they're going to go against. So they're going to get some, some guys back, I think, on both sides of the ball, Jack Conklin, some of their defensive guys. Um, but, yes, they needed to have this confidence booster. All right, so the Browns are one and one. Here we are. Uh, that's kind of what they needed to do with Baltimore as the opener and Cincinnati on that Thursday night. They needed to get to one and one, and here they are. So that'll do it for our post-game edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, and also check out Football Insider 216-208-3965 to start the 14-day free trial. For Mary Kay and Ellis, I'm Dan. Thanks for listening, everybody.